0: Hello, and I guess it's time for a little update. Because i got a cat who won't leave me alone. So I was trying to record and shit, but someone had other plans. Uh, As I record this, I just got back from the gym. I woke up, uh, I went right to the gym. Because if I don't, then I won't. (laughs) And... uh, Gosh, she's very talkative today. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling very hot. Took some pictures for you guys. I have no idea when you're going to hear this versus when you're going to see them and what have you. But feeling very attractive, feeling very good. It's uh, It's how it's supposed to be. I just came off of like 10 days in a row of eating uh, eating everything homemade from scratch, doing pretty good cooking and that sort of thing, but not because I wanted to be. Uh, I actually tried to buy a shitty thing, a cheap chicken that I used to be able to eat all day for nine bucks, not Panda Express, uh, but like an even shittier like hole-in-the-wall chicken place. And I just took a couple of bites and said, no, this isn't going to work for me. And, like, Mr. Tums was fine with it, but I was like, why aren't I just making my own chicken at home, you know? Uh, why aren't I just getting everything going that way? It tastes so much better, and it's so much better quality for you, and I like how my body feels. So, that's the, uh, that's the little intro. Uh, just kind of talking about my life. I uh, I feel pretty good most days. Uh, physiologically, I feel great, especially now that my diet is so varied, and I can have all kinds of stuff like you know spinach and chia seeds and you know really rich uh, potato skins, and I can have all kinds of produce alongside my proteins these days. So I'm getting a real varied diet and I'm getting the most varied diet of my life because, you know, fish is making its way in when it's on sale, shrimp when it's on sale. I'll buy whatever protein is out there. As soon as it's on sale, because uh, I, I no longer have any fear, you just you follow the directions bit by bit. You just you do exactly what the nice people on the internet or America's, you know, Test uh, Kitchen or Kinji Lopez or Alt Lopez, I probably shouldn't drop part of his name. Uh, you know, whatever the nice people say, you just do exactly what they say, and it turns out pretty good with the protein. It's baking that, you know, perhaps I'm not as precise as I need to be. So, uh, yeah, that's it's, it's really going quite well in a lot of regards. And as you can tell, if you're hearing this, at least I'm making some attempts to... Really get back in that voiceover booth as frequently as I want. But when I, you know, had my little psychic break and I need to run away, <laughs> you know, not, nothing on the horizon, COVID wise, looks all that much better. And so I guess I'm just going to talk about it because talking about it has helped me. And uh, as long as it's not the only thing I'm putting out there, some of you seem to like it and in the information that I send to you. So the last update that I talked about and why I think COVID is so kind of scary was talking about India and, and if it's going to move to the subcontinent when one thing I'm rambly got into is how it went from a very rural area of China to a very populated area. Uh, area in Europe and then all around the world. And then how in Brazil, it went from a very rural area of mutation to all of Brazil and now all over South America. Now South America is just swamped. It's just swamped with various levels of COVID infection. And it's just because economically, demographically, logistically, South America's fortunes are tied to Brazil. That's just all there is to it. With India and the subcontinent, it's largely the same. And we talked about that briefly and why the subcontinent's going to get hit pretty bad. And that looks like every, uh, as of recording this, every area in the subcontinent besides Bengal, maybe, is just overflowing. Well, uh, saying all that to catch us up, um, it, it, I guess maybe I should also mention I talked about a couple of a couple of countries in the past that did pretty good like Papua New Guinea and Cambodia and Vietnam. Uh, and now these countries have fairly sustained uh, you know, fairly sustained levels of infection. I found that it's actually kind of hard to find out about these, Cambodia especially. Cambodia is a communist country and therefore in American news media, that's all you need to hear before people laugh and switch off Uh, and therefore people don't really spend any money investigating or developing ties. There's no foreign news bureaus in fucking Cambodia really, yada, 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 yada. So it's almost like reading about North Korea in a lot of ways. And so, trying to figure out what's going on there, because it is an authoritarian country, it is a, a communist, in theory, country or in practice or in, in projection only country. Uh, because it is a dictatorship, there, we are talking about finding it difficult to get the information out or not. But just keep in mind, when it comes to a country like Cambodia, we're talking about a country, no matter what you view of their economic system or the authoritarian versus democracy thing going on, uh, they didn't shut anything down in 2020 at all. They didn't shut anything down. And now the infections have climbed so so vastly and so suddenly that they're shutting down food markets in such a way that people are starving and people are begging. Uh, that's a real radical shift. 500 days into it to move like that is pretty nuts. Vietnam's the same way. They've had a lot of cases, but not what they would call local community transmission cases. And suddenly with Vietnam, that's happening in the dozens every day. Now, that may not sound like much, but again, Vietnam, you know, went on lockdown for one neighborhood, effectively, for one little area when they had some infections. That's how bad it is. That's how that's how bad the current situation in countries that are really doing everything that they can to avoid it and have effectively this whole way through. These little updates aren't meant to scare you, but it is very frustrating as someone who has a high level of, of news literacy. You know, there's no other way to – to talk about it. There's a gaslighting going on when all of the news is presented as positive and that kind of alternative news is out there. And unfortunately, trying to bring you alternative news or alternative facts, I know how that sounds and I know how it feels. But that's pretty much what we're going to be getting into now. These are all basic facts about where COVID is and, and why you, you would hear the occasional occasion like, COVID's the worst ever this week. And then not a lot of follow up. So, <clears throat> first thing I guess, uh, very validating in the worst fucking possible way. <sighs> There's an IMHE report uh, study that just came out, and it supposes that about nine hundred thousand people have, or not nine hundred thousand Americans have, died of COVID nineteen so far. And uh, this is frankly just getting buried and dismissed uh, all over because it's a study. Um, The immediate reaction is people scream about the CDC number, Uh, maybe something about Biden comes into frame real quick. It's, It's really quite frustrating because as I went over previously, counting deaths is actually hard. Counting deaths is actually so hard that three out of four countries in the world don't even try. Think about the census and what a big deal that is. The census reveals a lot of death and like a population drag that people didn't know exists every fucking time it comes out in this country. And this is a country where we have fairly sophisticated ways of of telling about population shift. You know, just from – we can tell when someone's mining – Bitcoin off their computers or not in an area because of the electrification to some degree. like So we have fairly sophisticated ways in our society with cell phone towers and traffic cams and what have you to really, without invasively looking at a particular person, look at our demographics. And we still have a lot of trouble with it. State by state in America, there's been a lot of like, oh, I guess 8,000 additional people died. Whoops. Let's just throw them in. (laughs) keeps happening, and that's here. So when somebody says, yeah, I know the numbers say 3.1 million, but it's actually a lot higher than that, I know how that can sound, especially if they, let's just say, have mental health issues like myself and don't always present as what you would call as composed and sane and highly rational and logical. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) I know how that can sound, but here's a group of doctors who are just looking at excessive mortality, and they used Russia just like I was talking about as well. They used other countries because they're smarter than me and they're better at their fucking jobs because it's their job and not mine. Uh, but but uh, in addition to having all those advantages, they they you know they also know statistics better than me. I know statistics because there was a drunk Scotsman who kept good notes. They know statistics because they're trying to make the world a better place. Slightly different reasons, slightly different outcomes and motivations. So, them jumping from 570 or so uh, American dead to 900 sounds pretty scary, and a lot of people want to reject it. But what sounds a lot scarier, or not, depending on your American ego, uh, is, is they say that the world death count is much closer to 7 million 7.1 to 7.3. And as somebody who says 5 to 10 is, is where we're at right now, uh, and, and with that accelerating, the answer is yes. Yeah. 7.2, sure. That's a pretty good estimate. And you should expect a lot of estimates like it to come and vast revisions to come up in the same way that they have. Uh, if you look at global death counts for COVID, it will be like 2.1, 2.1, 2.1, 2.1, 2.6. Oh, 500,000 people died overnight. Shit. Fuck. No, it's the adjustments. They come in all at all, all at once, <laughs> and a lot of countries haven't even made their first one. So, uh, talking about seven million uh, deaths so far, boy, I'm laughing a lot for <sighs> those endorphins, man. They work. Uh, se- se- seven million global deaths is just—it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to even imagine, right? Um, but this is why I'm not going to back off the fact that this is not COVID-19 or now that things are winding down, come back and buy our ice cream. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I'm, I'm back to work. I'm trying to entertain. There's parts of the product that all of you want, parts of you that only some of you want. I got it. I'm doing my best to differentiate. I'm doing my best to heal and thrive and, and not <clears> – <throat> You know, not get caught up in the darkness, really am, truly, in my in my day-to-day, taking the steps. But now that we've established that what I've been talking about the last month or so is not totally off the wall, at least if you accept the evidence that I'm bringing you, you know, the sources that I'm bringing you. Again, I-M-H-E. I-M-H-E. Death toll estimates if you want to look that up so you can see the organization and see that it's not like a a bunch of guys who look like the sign spinner from from Seoul. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of a really great acronym off the top of my head for what that might stand for. Uh, <laughs> I'm meticulously – hedonistically educated, (laughs) becoming more true by the day. (sighs) So now that we've established that perhaps some of my convictions are coming correct, uh, some of my predictions are coming correct, even if the American death toll it's not quite where I thought it would be. I thought we would be shooting up by now. I really did. I uh, I really did. And the fact that it's happening in other countries that are vaccinated, I'm going to talk about that in a second, but not us, is really interesting to me. <laughs> um, the, all of the explanations that I've read for it are not very good. And... Uh, I guess we should just get the worst one out of the way first. The worst explanation for why there's not American deaths is the mRNA vaccines, that is to say, Moderna and Pfizer, were great stopping severe illness and death. The other one's not so much. So that's the best possible answer for why there haven't been a bunch of American deaths going on. And if you like that answer, fuck off away from me because not only do I find that to be ghoulish, just frankly ghastly, coming from a guy who's laughing about the genocide, uh, the Holocaust that he's living through, (laughs) Um, but it also means that what you're saying is for one – Double thumbs up to everybody who got an AstraZeneca or Johnson and Johnson, huh? F- make sure you flip them off on social media for me. <laughs> Tell them that you're glad that they got a vaccine that doesn't work, so that you could go eat your fucking ice cream. But in addition to that, what are you saying for the world? What are you saying for COVID's ability to mutate in South America, in the Indian subcontinent region, in Southeast Asia? And on and on as it goes, because eventually a wave like this is going to go through mainland China. When, where, how, don't know. Eventually a wave like this is going to go through the Caribbean, is going to go through Africa. There's nothing special demographically about India or Brazil that isn't going to make it happen in these other regions as well. I take no pleasure in saying that, but there's no alternative there's there's no other way to, to imagine that it's going to play out after watching it play out for these 500 days. We know what's going to happen. COVID gets better with evolution. It gets stronger. It keeps crossing the species barrier. Every time it crosses the species barrier, it gets stronger. <laughs> it adapts positively every time. Not some of the times, every time. And so these these outbreaks are inevitable. Is your answer, if mRNA is what's keeping the death rates in the U.S. down, if mRNA vaccine rates are not what's keeping the death toll down, but the fact that we just went through a major explosion and the fact that our deaths are still pretty high and the fact that our deaths are still pretty undercounted, and the fact that we lost a million of additionally the most vulnerable people over the course of a single year, effectively. Well, then suddenly that doesn't look so great for America because it means that the U.S. is going to eventually suffer a goddamn outbreak that's real bad again, severe illness, hospitalizations, and deaths, all of that that great stuff. Or it's just going to keep kind of swinging around the world. Because there's no way to get the world mRNA vaccines. No way. We make, as a species, about 6 billion doses of vaccine a year. If we need boosters, and we will, and we'll need them soon. How many of you have already thought about Christmas? Christmas or the holidays in December or sometime around there. How many have already thought about that? Because that's when the first boosters need to go out. We're already there. That we need to start planning on it. (laughs) So globally speaking, I mean, personally, conspiracy theory, now here's some tinfoil for you. That's why I think America has over a billion doses and counting of vaccine stored in their contracts and their coffers now. Because they fucking know. That they're gonna fucking need them for fucking boosters down the road. And they're not gonna fucking give up on them. That's why. So, uh these are these are the logistical options with vaccines and where we're at. And even if everything you've heard about the patents too complicated, another episode, be happy to talk about it. All I can say is, wrong about Biden on that one. Wrong about Biden on a couple of things, not much, but on that one, I have to eat shit. Biden did a great thing going after the patents. Again, too complicated, but doesn't solve everything overnight. However, uh doesn't does it there's no real way to mRNA vaccine our way out of this as a species. And once again, just like it goes from one podunk area of the world to your neighborhood and fucking your shit up, it's going to do it again. There's not a question on it there is the possibility of escape mutations with COVID in the mRNA vaccines. But when, where, if it's already happened, these are the questions. To what degree the effective rate will be brought down, yada, yada, yada. It's frustrating. Which answer do you like more? I know the answer that Americans prefer. I'm asking you. Are you happy that the death count in America isn't so high? Because it actually is a little bit higher than it looks like. It actually is kind of monstrous. We actually are kind of living through something really bad. Even with all these vaccines, the death rate is still persnickety high. Or do you like the fact that maybe America's got two of the good kinds of vaccines and we did secure those and the rest of the world is just screwed Which do you enjoy more? Let's look at it from another perspective, because in American News Bubble, you hear precisely about three countries when it comes to COVID and vaccinations. The U.S., the U.K., and Israel. They're the only three that count. But there are countries that are more vaccinated than Israel and the U.S. and the U.K., And we're going to talk about one real quick. It's called the Seychelles. It's an island nation in the Indian Ocean. It is not famous. I don't really know much about the Seychelles besides rich people go there to be assholes. Uh, That's pretty much every story that you're ever going to hear about that. But uh, what you do need to know about the Seychelles is that... It is the most vaccinated country on the planet, so long as you don't count, like, Vatican City or Gibraltar. Uh, Not that I'm trying to discount them. But we really got to look at Chile and the Seychelles because the Seychelles is now having a real fucking bad outbreak. It's a small country of only, like, 200,000 people. And it is experiencing a very, very bad outbreak because at least this is what it's blamed on. There's not really a lot of infrastructure there. It's a poor nation. They have a lot of their economy based upon people coming and going from their airport to their casinos, to their hotels, yada, yada, yada. And so the people coming in, going out… That's what's blamed on this current spike. Chile, again, South America is just caught up in the middle of a huge spike of COVID. Just a huge spike of COVID. And their vaccination rate just doesn't seem to be stemming the tide in the way that it should be. Is that just because of P1? Is it because of a mutation on P1? These are questions that really, really, really need investigating. If I were the magic man, if I had all of the power in my hand, I would be sending down what I call the XCOM of genetic research into the Seychelles immediately. Chile as well, but Chile's harder to, to get like a big picture of just logistically. Every, every epidemiologist that I could fucking send, virologist, molecular pathologist, all of them. Every specialist I could get who is willing to go to the Seychelles for just like a week and just just get every sampling, take every piece of evidence, everything that they can get out of there so we can find out what's going to happen what's going to happen with this? what's happening now? Which strains are beating the vaccines? Why is there anything that we can see? what's the common denominator? What information can we get to vaccine makers around the world going? F- forward. (sighs) I know that that may sound hyper-complicated, but it's actually so cheap and so effective compared to what countries are trying to do now. Think about all of the money that's been spent with people spraying fucking shit down, and now we know all of that money was just wasted, effectively. That every mask worked, but every time somebody sprayed something down, it almost certainly didn't. Once again, Every time someone put on a mask, whether they were COVID positive or not, whether they were shedding the virus or not, helped with COVID. Obviously, that's why the flu got wiped out. That's why the cold got fucking its teeth kicked in. So wearing the mask obviously helped every time with COVID. That's the way it should be viewed. Every time somebody put on a mask, success globally. Every time somebody wipes something down with 70% isopropyl alcohol, not a success. We don't have to be too harsh. But that was money, time, and logistics wasted. Shipping masks, getting masks out, good, because it's airborne. Wiping surfaces down, bad, because it's not transmitted through surfaces, at least very much. In fact, at all, just consider it at all. Don't lick fucking surfaces. But it's not that way. And keep washing your fucking hands. Uh. (laughs) Uh. Please keep washing your hands. I miss that part of it so much. People wearing gloves. People sanitizing their hands. People washing their hands. Yeah. 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 That'd be pretty good stuff if that stayed around. So we have countries with very high vaccination rates who are just still getting swarmed, both their cases, hospitalizations, deaths looking uh, to continue on, and all of the repercussions that come from from them. That is still not even the beginning of the bad news, though, since the last update I recorded. Towards the end of 2019, throughout South America, there was a series of protests. There was a series of movements. They are too complicated for one person, especially some gringo, uh, to weigh in on and say what they were all about in the exact same way that I shouldn't say what the Arab Spring is about. Or in the exact same way, I probably don't have a lot of information to give you about the Russian protests. But if you want to boil it down to a single word, it certainly looks like inequity would be it. The division between haves and have-nots in various South American societies towards the end of 2019 reached a series of boiling, boiling points, and there were a lot of people out on the street sustained protests. Colombia has exploded into violence, and that, of course, brings it into American national focus, because Bang Bang gets on the news almost every single time. We love it as a people. It justifies our existence, our Bang Bang toys, our military, everything about America being good and pure is so great when other people shoot each other, and nothing can be done when we shoot ourselves, especially in schools. The situation in Colombia, however, again, I'm in no way going to pretend to be an expert. I barely know anything about Bogota to begin with. But I can tell you that they're not unique to Colombia. The situations that are occurring down there with over two dozen protesters killed because of, if at the end of it, just the, the, uh, the, the straw on the camel's back, the the attempt to raise taxes in a very unequal way kicked off this miniature revolution it's quite big at this point the numbers are astounding if you want to look for yourselves uh, i don't i don't want to pretend to be a little broadcast newsman and just start ripping from like various ap's but <clears throat> this is a very large protest it is defying the authority It is getting their teenagers shot and killed with live ammunition. And yes, I am, in fact, talking about Colombia and not talking about Southeast Asia or Russia or Tunisia. And that's the point. If protests are higher now already at this point in around the world, you can basically just rest assured that it's going to continue on that way. This is what I was trying to talk about with the CIA and the other 17 intelligence organizations that American tax dollars pay for every time a new president is elected or reelected to talk about the, uh, the state of the world and how they see things going. They talked about democracy on decline. They talked about uprisings. They talked about global instability. And when they talk about these things, they're talking about Colombia. They're talking about situations that are arising around the world. These are eminent situations. They have not come to a head yet, but they will. If America has 900,000 excessive deaths and our vaccines, whether they be mRNA or just vaccines, period, help prevent death. And up until the beginning of 2021, most countries in the world, poorer countries in the world, or countries with a lack of infrastructure or developing nations, however you want to put it, didn't really suffer excessive hospitalizations and deaths because of demographics or because of the disease, doesn't really matter, but are now then It only goes to follow that all of these countries are going to suffer. They're going to suffer a lot more hospitalizations and deaths in their younger populations. Their overwhelmed systems are going to be overwhelmed, and then they're going to suffer cascading losses that way. This really just seems to be how it's going to play out for a while, for the rest of the year, for... A long time. That's hard for me. But nothing is harder for me than pretending that it's not. Nothing is harder for me than pretending like it's not going on. Talking about it and making these predictions doesn't feel good in any way. But putting on a brave face, that just makes me want to sleep and drink and hide. I don't want to do that. I'm happier being an outsider, saying my truth, and singing my song than I am getting all of the love and approval and social cachet saying the lie, saying what I just don't believe. I just don't believe things are good nearly as good as the as the vested classes would have you think and i despise that anybody talking about this is given a megaphone in the corporate owned media is basically like an alex jones type talking about the end and how the end is coming how if countries fall that that means rushes of people to your border and what have you. No, it doesn't mean that either, obviously. But There's a lot of organizations who are slowly coming around to saying that millions of more people are dead, millions of more people will die than have thought, vaccines don't seem to quite be actually hitting that 95% rate IRL, seems to only really be in tests, test zones where they can achieve those kinds of ratings, there's a lot more of this thinking going on, and it's not being presented. It's just hardly making it into any media sphere in the American bubble. And so I'm going to keep doing what I think is great for me. I don't know when you're going to see the pics. I don't know when you're going to see uh, all that stuff, handing stuff over to Ally, letting her schedule, just getting your feedback and, and, and what have you, uh, dispassionately. Uh, it's, it's really working for me. I feel good. I feel strong. I know that, that as someone who is of mine racked and shaped by PTSD throughout their childhood and adolescence, that this kind of stuff just sounds crazy and numbing, but I guess maybe this is what I was built for. Because <laughs> the other stuff feels so much more disorienting to me than just looking at looking at where and how much further and how much harder this is going to be than so many people give it credit for. There was a long period of this where I say, I hope I'm wrong, I hope I'm wrong. And I'm just not even going to do that little pretend little rain dance anymore. Because it's <laughs> the weather's going to be what the weather's going to be. Um I'm I'm sorry if if you do want me to shut I mean at this point you definitely don't probably, if you're listening this long. I'm sorry if you want me to shut up. And just, you know, speak pretty. (laughs) I get it. But uh, it's not going to happen. I sleep pretty okay most days. And I sleep pretty okay most days because, one, I only got to take care of myself and the cat. So anxiety-wise, I got a lot less than most people. And two, 500 days and counting now, I've been living through a goddamn holocaust. And I did everything that I could. To keep other people alive through it. Do you know anyone who can say the same?